G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Lech Dog. I'm joined today by Azza. We're going to look back at the tumultuous round four and look ahead at a, uh, a hopefully a brighter round five. That music you're hearing, of course, is by Telebeats. And off the top of the podcast, make sure you get your questions in to Damo and Clarky for this week's mailbag podcast coming out on wednesday get your questions in before then as a you beautiful human how are you and thank you for joining me yeah good to be here Lek. yeah i've been silently waiting in the magoos for my uh call up and here we are up to the big leagues good to be here we couldn't keep you there for too long the form's just too good we're glad to have you mate i'm really looking forward to this and we have a lot of Supercoach stuff to talk about, don't we? Oh, don't we indeed. It has. It was a very good round for some. For anyone who had all the mid-price forwards, they're laughing. If you started Impy Zeeble Walker, you are absolutely sitting back and laughing. But if you're someone like me, who had Caleb Daniel in your defence, maybe the mood is a little more sour. Yeah, unfortunately, that's sitting in that me in the bucket of Caleb Daniel as well too, Lek. Yep, and we're going to start with him, and we're going to let Gimli... We're gonna, this is the Gimli segment, uh, which is probably not politically correct, but we're <laughs> going to choose whether we toss the dwarf or don't toss the dwarf. And Caleb Daniel, Dopey himself, scored 19 points on the weekend. He got himself suspended. He played the whole game. He wasn't tagged. That's something people are saying. He had a slight attention to pay to him at some stages, but he was so awful that Bevo threw him forward. And guess what? He did stuff all there as well. I'm not a happy owner. I thought he was going to be consistent, walk up 105 every single game with the new rules. What has gone wrong? What is happening as a... I'll tell you what, I, I'm i perplexed as well. I, I had um, Caleb Daniel pegged as one of my uh, top 10 picks for the season, but hasn't he just started the season terribly? I mean, he's averaging 72 after four rounds, averaging only 60 in the past three. The 19 was just absolutely perplexing. And sitting now um, at 467 after losing $55,000, it's a bit tricky to know what to do with him i really would like to hold him but i don't want to be seeing any more 19s well yeah i think look i think it'd be unlikely to see another 19 from him but well this has split the community mate because i have i put out a tweet today i just said what's the vibe on caleb daniel we've had a lot of people commenting and responding and it's 50-50. People are saying he's not best 22. People are saying he's out of form. They're saying Bailey Williams and uh, who's the other? Dale. Who's Dale? Is it Bailey Dale as well? Yeah. And, <laughs> There's too um, many Baileys. Taylor Duray, yeah. They're all coming in. They're all stealing the kicks. I was watching yep. him, mate. He was taking kickouts from inside the square. Take the extra step. Get the stat, <laughs> please. <laughs> Look, there's two schools of thought. Clearly, one is hold him. He's going to be your D6. Don't worry about it. He's going to come back. He's A 19 is obviously terrible, but guess what? He's a keeper. He's going to be 
a top eight defender. Then there's the camp I'm currently sitting in, which is he scored 19. Get the f*** out of my team, Caleb Daniel. Uh, like, if if I can turn him into a Ridley right now, which I can, I don't see any reason not to do it, or even turn him down into a to a Gath or something. Like, I just feel like having him sit there, particularly given he's been suspended, he's missing a week. That's the cherry on top for his shit sandwich. He's missing this week, and... I don't, where do you sit as? Because I'm firmly in the trade him if you can. It's going to oh, hurt you. Yeah. yeah. I think um, if you've got the trades and if your team is already set and there is no other worries that you have to worry about, Daniel, you could potentially look at it. And if you've stockpiled some trades, if you haven't burned through your uh, six already, then sure, I'd be looking at... Um, getting rid of him. Bose is probably the one that I would really look at. He's really surprised me from Gold Coast and I'm quietly looking at him, but have got other issues elsewhere in my team to deal with. So I'm probably likely to hold for this week, but I can understand the frustration of super coaches wanting to get rid of him quickly. I'm glad you brought up Bose because shout out to super coach George. If you don't watch his stuff or listen to his stuff, check him out. He actually traded before the game. He traded Oof. Daniel to Bose. He just he'd seen enough after three weeks. That was before the nineteen. He's a, a keen watcher of the Bulldogs, and he just said, "No, nah, I've had enough." And and I agree. I think look, obviously, if you've got bigger issues and you've used, if you haven't used a lot of trades, uh, if you haven't used a lot of trades, trade him. Do it. Get him out there. But if you've burned through trades and you've got injuries and stuff, I think you've got to give him the flick. Obviously. Look, I haven't been hit with any injuries or anything, but I've had underperforming premiums the last two weeks and I didn't have any of those mid-prices to start the season and I'm starting to fall down in the ranks, so I'm going to be looking to move him on, bring in some scoring power, maybe maybe bring in a Ridley at close to peak price. Yeah, I think if you've... Uh... I think Ridley's probably definitely the defender to have, averaging 133, sitting clearly atop of that average list. He is in phenomenal form. I brought him in last week. May have cost me uh, in hindsight, but that's going to be the issue now with uh, having only teams a night before. It's hard to plan, so I bit the bullet and got Ridley in, but uh, missed out on a defender hoping that uh, Highmore or Cozzy would get back in, and unfortunately they did not, which burnt me but lessons learnt and I'll be fixing up those rookies first before I flick away Daniel well I don't think anyone's going to disagree with us on this the AFL needs to change this team's setup I know the clubs I know the clubs like having the ability to bloody pick them 24 hours out but I was reading some stats apparently late late changes are happening at the exact same rate so hey guess what just tell us the goddamn teams I've I've worked in clubs before I know that they know the team on by the Tuesday they already know who they're going to pick with the exception of fitness tests like everyone just put the teams out I mean when we look at Port Adelaide even they know the teams on the Tuesday and they're already telling us I mean they're the ones that give us you know first rights of rookies Learn from them. No, I agreed. It's 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 nonsensical to me, and it greatly upsets me. And no one listening is going to disagree. Let's keep talking defenders, right? Mm. So, Caleb Daniel, obviously, it's going to be a debate on who you trade. If you go down or up, let's let's just talk about the options because Stephen May owners are going to need to trade him. He's out for two to four weeks with that yep. concussion slash broken eye, broken eye socket, fractured yeah. eye. 
And then Shannon Hearn went down. I'm not actually 100% sure what that injury was. I think it was a calf or a hamstring. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but owners of Hearn and May and Daniel are probably looking to trade. We've talked Ridley. If you've got the cash, yeah, you're paying a premium, but looks like he's going to be number one or number two in defenders this year. I think you can pay that price. Bows, we touched on. Not, not a huge uh, inspiring season last year, but has started the mm. year with effectively four tons. And I think he's a nice little pod. Another guy I like is uh, Dan Houston, who's about 540 grand, averaging 1.2 points per minute in these first four rounds. And last year started to really end the season on fire as well. Is Dan Houston someone we could consider looking at? Do we think he's a top eight potential? Oh, I, I think so. I think on, on his current form, if he keeps playing the way that he is, keeps averaging, definitely. He is absolutely locked for top 10. There are still some players that in the mix that might uh, leapfrog him, the likes of Tom Stewart, who's sitting 14th, you know, in the averages. Um, you know, Luke Ryan, if he can get back up to the way he was playing last year. They're still going to be in the mix, but nah, Dan Houston's really impressing me. And, um with those points per minute you mentioned, they're very valuable. And uh, for someone like Houston, if he keeps those up, definitely in the frame for my team uh, down the track to upgrade. A couple other guys I've got on my list as a Jaden Short. If you don't own him, I know he's in a lot of teams. He People were worried about Basher Hooley coming back into that side. Uh, Basher scored 110. Jaden Short scored 125. Short actually scores more over the last couple of years with Bastiahuli in the side, so not one I'm worried about. I think makes him look better. He does. They kick it to each other, and they like it's a pretty nice little tandem. It's very similar to the MPGF uh, tandem. Yeah. They're just playing off each other very nicely down there. So Jaden Short's someone I like. He's obviously not a pod. And the final three names I'll, I'll throw up, and you can elaborate on any if you want. Mm. Is Daniel the Goat, Rich, Sam the Dream Man, Doherty. And uh, young CJ Giath, apologies, I really need to learn how to say his first name. Do any of those, Rich Doherty or Giath, entice you? Oh, look, I mean, Giath definitely entices me, but I think I may have missed the boat there. Um, He's already gone up $130,000, which is absolutely huge. And if you had him in your team as one of those mid-price madness picks, you've done incredible incredibly well he is absolutely flying I feel like he probably won't sustain it for the entire season I mean as it is now he's sitting at 103.8 don't know if he goes all the way this season but he is damn impressive but Sam Doherty you know what you're getting for him time in time out he's he's still averaging 100 or close to it I, I really like him. And similarly with Tom Stewart, you know what you're getting for those two people at that premium price. Giaf, uh, I like him, but probably not at this stage. I'm probably going to give him a miss. But for all those uh, 16.5% people that haven't been team, best of luck to you. Look, there's part of me that's tempted not to trade in Ridley for Daniel to go to Giaf and Impey. And I know that Obviously, I've missed the price rise, but if I'm looking at them as a points generation tool rather than a cash generation tool, I I don't think it matters that they've increased a lot in price. Obviously, you'd prefer to be on the front end of that price rise, but if we're looking and projecting out across the rest of the year, can these guys be uh, top eight players in their position? 
GF, he's showing the form at the moment, but I, I'm not as confident on him. Yeah. Whereas a, a Jarman MP, which is a whole other discussion for the forward line. Forward line, I think it's going to be way easier to get into that top eight. So he's more yeah. of an option to me than a GF. Doc, last two games, he scored 109. He's starting to work out how to play with, uh, with Adam Saad. He's starting to work out how to play in that with the confidence he used to play with before he did the knees. And I think importantly, Luke Parks has come in. And while he hasn't done much from us for us from a super coach perspective, I think he's freed up Doc to to play a bit more like he previously had. So he's one I've got my eye on as someone who can probably continue their form at 500 k break even at 75. You can maybe watch for another week or two before you have to make a call. And then Daniel the Goat Rich, everyone should trade him in. Well, that's what I was going to say. Are you sure you don't want to trade Rich in over Ridley this week? Well, that's a good question. Ridley's averaging 130. <laughs> Daniel Rich is not quite that much. He's averaging 101 for the year, 111 over the last three, had 99 on the weekend. Look, he's doing what I thought Caleb Daniel would be doing and yeah. that he's essentially a walk-up 100. Uh, at 513K at his age, can I trust him? Obviously, I love him. I try to steer clear of him. I didn't pick Patrick Cripps either because I just feel like I'm too biased towards him. Yeah, that's fair enough, Lick. I mean, objectively, if you think he's a good pick, I'm damn tempted to trade Caleb Caleb Daniel. He's only in 2.3% of teams at the moment. A super pot in defense. Uh, I think if you consider a Daniel Rich, maybe even a Jack Bowes, maybe it's worth just holding him. Uh, Look, I want to make a final (laughs) call on this. Are we tossing the wharf or are we holding him? I'm going to hold only because I've got other issues in my side. I think objectively, if I wasn't in the eye of the storm, I'd be telling people to hold. I'm obviously, I'm going to toss him, but I'm going to say hold. Nobody tosses a dwarf. Let's move forward up the lines. We've had a couple more injuries this round, which hasn't been great. And the one that people were bringing in and and was looking really good as a forward option was Zach Butters. Now, he's out for... Have they confirmed how long he's out for? I know Durzma is out for 10 to 12. Do we know how long Butters is out for? I don't believe they've confirmed the duration, but it is a syndemosis injury, which does take quite a bit of time. And we've seen in the past that that could be a six to 12 week injury. So we wish Butters all the best, but yeah, if you've got him in your side, that's unfortunately going to be a trade. Yeah. Which there feels like there's been a lot of forced trades already. There are some, there's are some point generating options for us to trade into. There are the big three this year, Taylor Walker, who's scored only three points less than Max Gorn, Jack Zebel and Jarman Impey. I want to talk about these guys in isolation with you, Azza, because you started them as cash cows and now it looks like they're premiums. So I don't mind paying extra for them at this point in time. Jeez, I wish I had a team where I didn't have uh, Dan Zorko and I had Impy and Zebel instead. Oh, yeah. I wish I did that one instead. But <laughs> let's talk Tex Walker. Is he a keeper? Is he an F8 option? Can he maintain this for the rest of the year? Purely based on the form, you've got to back him in. He's just um, looking at totally different beats this year. Averaging 131, as you mentioned, just a few short 
uh, points shy of Gorn. Just in absolute phenomenal form. I'm, I was expecting him to kick another ba- uh, huge bag against North, but Mackay kept him uh, very quiet to the only the three goals, but still managed 106 Supercoach points, which um, is just ridiculous for Taylor Walker. We, I, t- I d- definitely didn't see this coming, I dare say few other super coaches would have. But a lot of people have since jumped on him. He's now in uh, 26.9% of teams. I think he's going to probably continue to grow in um, percentages, which might leave you a bit short if you don't have him in your side, especially if he's in the form that he currently is. Uh, I'm definitely looking at him, but I don't have a way to bring him in at the moment. Well, he's averaging 131 for the year. The last time he averaged 100 for the year was 2012. And then the next closest was 86 in 2017. So he's in a rare vein of form. I was really hoping, so I watched that Adelaide game and I thought, oh, he's only kicked three. Maybe uh, <laughs> maybe, he's, maybe he won't put up many points. And then I checked his score and it was over 100. And I thought, yep. right, well, I'm cooked. So at 27% teams at 468K, this is, look, I'm probably hurting myself. I'm personally not going to be trading him in yet. I'm going to wait until I need to fully upgrade my forward line there. We've obviously still got rookies there chugging along, doing yeah. a very nice job. So at the moment, he's not one I'm looking to target. But if I did have a butters, I mean, the numbers kind of don't lie. That yeah. It looks like he's going to be one of the top total points forwards for the year. And if you think he can maintain the lead he has over the other guys at this point in time, He's one for you to target. Jack Zebel actually appeals to me a little bit more. So 400K, he's playing in that defense. Look, North need all the help they can get in defense. And <laughs> it true. looks like Jack Zebel's role is fairly safe. So averaging 112 for the year, had 107 on the weekend. As a talk to us about Jackie Boy Zebel. Yeah, no, look, Zebel's um, just in, a, a, again, a great rich vein form. Taking a lot of the kick out, so look, just looking at over his um, season so far, he's averaging 58% of the kick outs, which is just great to see. Which, And what we've seen from the change in the in the rules, people that are taking the kick outs are getting all the points, and that's just great for uh, someone like Jack Zebel and great for super coaches, so we can jump on him. I've, I got him on board, loved his new role, love what I'm seeing. He's averaging 111.8, which is fantastic. I am going to put myself on a limb here and say he is going to be one of the top six forwards by the end of the season. Look, I, I don't disagree as long as that body holds up. Yeah. For those worrying about potentially, you know, oh, I've missed out on 150 grand to bring him in. If, you, if you're looking at him at as, a, as a points production player, he's still cheaper than his starting price has been in any year since 2011. So, like, he's still underpriced. Going into the year when I before I opted to go with the guns and rookies strategy that doesn't work every single year, but I went <laughs> with it anyway. I was looking as able as a fallen premium option, averaged 91 in 2019, 85, 90, 95. He averaged really well in the past, so it's just if you can stay on the park, playing a super coach friendly, friendly, friendly role. I'm $200 off getting him Oof. and and Jack Bowes into my team, so. He's kind of ruled out for me personally um, from Caleb Daniel. If Caleb Daniel had just scored one more point, I'd have Jake Zebel in my team right now. I can't do that. But I think he's a fantastic option. If you don't have him and you're looking for people who are generating points, 
He'll give you a little bit of cash, but at this point, you're looking at him as a primo rather than as a cash cow. And the last guy that I want to talk about in this segment is Jarman Impey, because this is someone who we yeah. thought was going to be a cash cow as a, but he's producing points. Yeah, and that's right. I mean, 101.8 average for the season so far after the four games, but 114 in the last three. He is just absolutely dominating, and it's fantastic again for super coaches. I, I toyed with him at the start. I doubted him, which I'm going to regret now because he's now gone up 150k in cash, which is great if you started with him and good for cash generation. I think he's another, definitely a potential you could look at for Zach Butters if you're looking for a bit of a cash injection. Uh, given you can downgrade him, get 150 into your bank, and then use that to maybe get, um, yeah, Daniel up to a Ridley, which is probably a good option. Whether he sustains it over the year, again, it's it's probably a similar deal with Zebel. Can his body sustain it? He's um, had some injury woes in the past. I'm still probably going to hold off and see what uh, the next few weeks brings. But geez, again, rich vein of form, hard to pass him up especially at 365. Well, and look, we're probably in the minority because both of these guys are in 24% of teams and 52% of teams. So (laughs) we're probably just talking to ourselves here. But look, of the two, Jack Zeeble would be the one I'd be targeting more. Jarvan Impey is cheaper. But Jack Zeeble scored before. Jarvan Impey hasn't really. And I think he was a cash general. I don't know if he can keep it up as much as a guy like Jack Zeeble. So if we're looking for Butters replacements, there's also a couple of other guys that I just wanted to flag. Toby Green, we he loves it when he's the main man, when he's the captain strutting around in the charcoal mm-hmm. and orange, and he showed it on the weekend. Is he someone that we would consider bringing to our forward line? Yes and no. Yes, because, again, you, you hit the nail on the head. He takes it up to another level when he is captain and he showed that on the weekend scoring 120 we know he's a proven scorer he can hit the high notes can do some lows the issue that we've always got with green is there's always a suspension or an injury around the corner if you're bringing in a premium you really want to hope that they're going to be there for the entire season so i'm a bit iffy on green i like what he does but you just know you're never going to get 22 games out of him. And that's a real issue for me, especially if you're going to be bringing in a uh, primo for the rest of the season. Yeah, and that's the downside for me as well. I just He's obviously in, in good form. He hasn't dropped below an 86. Really, he'll I think he'll be a top six averaging forward for this year, but th- those total points, there's a few question marks there for me. And, and look, this is a guy that's not going to get two out of our price range either. So if we don't bring yeah. him in this week for Butters, if we downgrade Butters to a rookie and target Toby Green in a few weeks, that's an option too. And then I just wanted to flag, and he probably doesn't fit into this section, but I just wanted to flag Dyson Heppel at $319,000. He is a midfielder. He's averaging 90 from his first two games with a break-even of seven. Fantasy Frico thought he was the best buy of the year. I just wanted to flag that, he is a downgrade option from anyone that's injured or any of your failing primos or whatever in the midfield, playing a similar role to Jack Siebel, maybe not taking as many kickouts, but also scoring pretty well. Yeah, well, it's interesting that you mentioned um, the comparisons there to Siebel because we did see, yeah, Heppel 
take 25% of the uh, kickouts last week, um, Ridley taking 69%. So took a bit of kickouts away from Ridley. It'll be really interesting to see what happens in those coming weeks to see if uh, there's a, a new trend appearing with Heppel taking some kickouts um, and what that might mean to Ridley. But watch and see for me. Yeah, he's one that really interests me. The downside is, obviously, he is a midfielder. So unless you've already got a primo that's swingable to either forward or defense, like a Rory Laird or a Dustin Martin or whatever, I wouldn't be looking at him. But I'm going to watch him with interest. And I haven't written this in the run in the running sheet, but we've also got Patrick Dangerfield coming back this week. Not yeah, saying we to trade him in, but I'm saying we should be watching him very, very closely. Yep, it'll be good to have Danger back on the park. I'm sure there's a lot of super coaches out there that are just itching to have him back on the field. All right, I'm going to move ahead to another injury replacement. I think this is just a good way to talk about some options that people might not be thinking about in Supercoach. Mm. And Taylor Adams, they've confirmed he's going to be out for about 10 weeks. Yeah, That's a huge blow. blow for Collingwood. It uh, It's good for their rookies. It's good for us in the future, looking at their rookies. But at the moment, really bad for them. Yeah. I've just highlighted a, a couple of potential replacements that are cheaper than him currently and are, are currently playing pretty well, and I'll get your thoughts on them. The first yeah. is Joel Selwood. The argument for is that he's averaging 108 over the first four games. He's under 500K, and he's going at 1.1 points per minute. Probably not someone that we, we've been talking about very much in a Supercoach sense for a while, but is is this someone that you would consider for a Taylor Adams? <laughs> uh Oh, again, yes and no. I, again, hard to go past what he's scoring, hard to go past his average, but I just don't trust him. He's burnt me in the past, and that's probably why it's a bit unfair for, for me to talk about him. But it'll be really interesting, I think, for uh, to see how he gets um, with Dangerfield back in the side. Will there be some points taken away? Hmm. Hard to know, but I think that's probably more a watch and see rather than just a, an instant replacement for me. So I think that's probably a bit of a, a question mark on Selwood. Yeah, last two seasons he averaged 83 and 86. Yeah. I think that's closer to his output, but wanted to flag his name anyway. The other guy I've got on this list is Adam Chera, averaging 104.5. Yeah. Had a bad game, not last week, but the week before, 494K and... 1.3 points per minute. So he's getting it done out there. Yeah, it's, he's an um, excitement machine. I know there's going to be a lot of talk in the uh, you know off-season with clubs trying to bring him to Victoria because he is a absolute star in the making. You know, 104.5 super coach points average after the four games. But you've got to, there's also the roller coaster effect that might be in play because you know as we mentioned there he had a cup he had a low score which didn't do wasn't really good for the uh, 3.6 percent of super coaches that own him. I'm not sold on him yet. I'd like to see a bit more uh, consistency for Sarah before I consider maybe picking him up later in the season. Uh, so another unfortunate question mark for me. Yeah, 120 minimum in three of his four games uh, against the Blues went missing, but I think a lot of the Fremantle players did. Has a really high ceiling we've seen. He has posted, a, I think, a career high of 134 against a couple mm. of different teams. But, uh, yeah, I think I actually really like him. I think he's got more upside than a Joel Selwood as a potential yep, Adams replacement. 
if you can't go up and you don't want to go to a rookie, I know a couple of people have traded him in and and last weekend traded him in, pumped out a 120. So <laughs> is he going to be a keeper? Is he worthy of your M8 position? I don't know, but, but I don't mind him. I like him more than Joel Selwood. And then sticking with the theme of young players who we might be interested in. This is a, this is a bit out there, Azza, but bear with me. Oh. Noah, Noah Anderson, the better rookie from Gold Coast last year, averaging 112 without Raul in the team. So since Raul went down with that injury, the last three games, he's averaged 112, 462K, 1.2 points per minute. Second year, Blues don't seem to be affecting him. And I look, I'm not going to lie, I barely noticed him in the Carlton Gold Coast game, but it turns out he had 30 disposals and was one of the better players on for Gold Coast. What do you think? Yeah, he's an interesting one, hey? I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head again there with um, he's just racking up the points without rail and 119 against North, 93 against Adelaide, 124 against Carlton. That's the better sort of consistency I like to see, you know, 90 pluses. Um, again, is he going to keep that up for the entire season? Hard to know. I mean, they're coming up against the Doggies this week who are just in, you know, flying phenomenal form. Probably I can't see him getting another 120 against them, but down the track with some other friendly fixtures, yeah, I don't mind him. I reckon at 462, if you're looking for a bit of a another point of difference pick, he'd definitely be one that I'd potentially consider. Only 1.7% of teams at the moment. 112, as you said, after the three rounds. It's an interesting pick. Like, I don't mind it. It's very hard to find pods this early in the season that might be worthy <laughs> of selection. So, but I, I, I quite look. I'm kind of intrigued by him. I'm kind of intrigued by him. Well, well I'll throw one your way this time. Again, looking at um, a point of difference player, somebody who's probably flown be, uh, below the radar uh, is averaging very nicely at 102.3 and over the last 301. Scores of 105, 89, 111, and 104. Ed Langdon from Melbourne. Where does he sit in your thoughts? Ooh, the man that wears sleeves for the uh, Melbourne Demons. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Ed Langdon. Um, look, uh, it's not someone I had considered. What's he priced at? He's 501,900, so pretty much near exact for uh, Adams. I think the issue for Langdon for me is I think he's playing probably at his peak or very close to his peak. So I think he's about a hundred and about a hundred, hundred and one, hundred and two player. So uh, if I'm bringing him in at five hundred, I just don't think the upside's quite as there as opposed. To, maybe I'm just more intrigued by these younger guys, Chera yeah. and Anderson, who've only been in the system a little while. Uh, but hey, I think. All of these guys you should pick up in your draft if they're available, yeah, first of all. Very true. <laughs> and Ed Langdon, he, look, he's one that I want to watch. Like all of these guys, they're pods. They're not too many teams. It's probably not the week to make decisions on these guys. But yeah. these, I think if everyone just chucks them on their watch list, which, by the way, is a great tool for, on the Supercoach. I don't know if you can do it if you have got super, if you don't have Supercoach Gold or not. But I manage all my, um, my watch lists through there, and it actually works really well. Uh, so, yeah, chuck them on there. Let's have a look. All right, Azza, let's push forward. Um, this is just a note. We don't need to talk about Rucks. We know what Rucks are doing. Tom Hickey's yep. playing really well. The other guys, are, the big two are dominating. And Matthew Flynn missed a, a week and might miss a second week. But just keep him on your bench. Put Josh Tracy on your forward line. All right, 
You touched but. on the rucks, but this is what I want to say to you. I am worried about Brody Grundy. I know it's crazy because last week he scored 164 or whatever it was, and this week he's somehow scraped his way up into a, a score of, I think it was 92. Man. I'm slightly concerned. They're flagged that they want to play Darcy Cameron. Last time they did that against West Coast, Grundy only scored 61. He played it forward and he barely touched the ball. Is this going to happen again? Bucks doesn't value the hit out. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't that a wasn't that a good saying? For, um, yeah, look, yeah, Grundy's an interesting one. Um, and when teams are starting to look at a two ruck setup, uh, it's not really good news for super coaches. Looking at his um, centre bounce attendance stats on the weekend, eighty one percent. It's still pretty high. I still think that we need to be uh, probably a watch and see, but I think at this stage of the game we. Grundy's still going to be an absolute top premium ruckman, if not top two again. Hard to get uh, upset about him now. Watch and see. If it really gets bad, you could potentially look at trading him out. But if I had Grundy in my side, which I'm one of the few that don't, because I went with Matt Flynn as my ruck two, and that's really going well, uh, (laughs) I would be looking at holding Grundy. And I think you just got to just watch and see, but... I mean, we've seen him before. He'll still pump out the hundreds. He'll still pump out the huge scores. I don't think there's anything to worry about just yet. So we don't need to panic and trade him to Tom Hickey for to make two hundred and sixty grand. Oh, look! If you want, if you want to, and then use that cash to bump Daniel up to Ridley. I mean, go for it. But I think that's a that's a waste of a trade for Grundy to, to Hickey um, just now. I mean, premiums. We we only really want to be trading them out if they're suspended for a long time they're injured or if they're suffering a catastrophic failure in form and Grundy's not one of those at this stage so thankfully he's not so if I was if I was anybody with Grundy I wouldn't panic just yet yeah I've mostly put him in the podcast so if he spuds it up on the weekend I can clip it and post it and say look I told you (laughs) Uh, narcissism Braden Campbell Averaging 63.5 for the year and 66 over his last three games, priced at $258,000. His break-even is 71. People are panicking and want to trade him. They want to turn him into Uh, Alec Waterman. They want to upgrade him to uh, Jarman Impey. I just want to flag that his 29 from round two will fall out of his three-round average this week. So if he misses his break-even of 71, but he scores a 60, his break-even is going to drop back down to those, uh, you know, I, I don't have it in front of me, but low 20s, low 30s. He still probably has another 60, 70 grand he can make pretty easily. So he's not a must-trade for me at the moment. Do you, do you think similarly or do you think it's you, you're fair to cull him at this point? No, I think that's that fair sentiment. He still hasn't bottomed out as of yet. He's still got some, some money to make. Um, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, look, it's not great to see him scoring so low, but he's still a, a, a fantastic talent and, you know, there's, uh, could be in 118 round the corner, fingers crossed. But, no, nah, look, I'll be holding him uh, for this stage. I can understand the panic, but I'd be telling Supercoaches to start, hold hold the line for the moment. As you said there, Leck, his 29 will pass out very soon. So if he pumps out a, another big score, that would be great for us. We'll see some cash if it does look like he's gonna get some new uh more sub 50s 
then we might look to to trade him, but not at this stage. Yeah, well, I think the best way to assess him, you take the 118 and you take the 29 out, you look at those scores, 51 and 56. After this week, if he scores around that, his break-even's still going to be below his average. So he still has money to make. He might lose a couple of grand this week, but I I think he's a, a hold... Often I get stung in Supercoach. I'll go too early on these guys that have that spike in break even for one week and I, I cull them straight away. I think this is a situation where we, we learn from that and we, we cull him a bit later. If you have no one else to, that is worth going down to an Alec Waterman who I think we should be targeting, yeah, I get trading him. But I, I, I suspect coaches out there are going to have someone worth trading to Alec Waterman. Well, if we have a look at the absolute super coach guru's Twitter feed, Bryce Mitchell at Bryce Mitchell, he's got the price projections up there for Braden Campbell. And yes, you're right, Luke, he will drop slightly in price if he uh, gets under 73. But because of that uh, 29 will fall out, Bryce has said that uh, if he scores 63 for each of the next four rounds, there's still money to be made. He will get an extra 12K in round six, 15 in round seven, and 11 in round eight. So that's enough for me. Plus, we got to love a playing rookie, so hold for me. Yeah, agreed. I think we we uh, hold him before we before we move on to take a look at the rookies and end the podcast, the must-trade-in rookies this week. There's been some news coming out while we were here. Dane Rampey's missing the next three to four weeks. Isaac Oof. Heaney with that broken hand is missing two to three weeks. Mitch Lewis has been offered a one-game ban, so we might see Kajitsky come back in for Hawthorne. Ben Cunnington's been offered a one-game ban. I suspect he might get off on that one. So there's a few players missing. If you have any of those, I think you can apply what we've spoken to, uh, what we've spoken about to those situations Uh particularly if they're missing more than three weeks or more than two weeks. Let's look at rookies we need to trade in. We've talked about some of these guys already. Alec Waterman scored 81 and 56, $102,000 forward for Essendon, has been in the system for a few years, break even of negative 77 because of that 81. That's going to fall out this week and his break even will jump up a fair bit. But at that price... Is there anyone you wouldn't trade to him? AKA, if you've got any of these Scots, McNeils, Fullertons, Rowe, is there anyone that, like, at what point is it not worth a trade to you? Uh, Well, if they're they're playing, that's for one. (laughs) That's always a good start. But uh, look, I think if, yeah, they're averaging well, you know, 50 plus, I'd, I'd still be holding off them. If they're starting to fall below that, then there might be some worthiness but uh for me i actually uh made the move and it was a frugal one trading out william drew uh in my midfield to alec waterman get the you know got some cash and boosted my team got readily in um so that was probably one of the moves that i really like because that uh will give you a, a good burst of cash but in, from the rookie side of things if they're averaging well there's not worth it if they're not then yeah if you've got the trays you haven't used and you're looking for a corrective Definitely, definitely look at someone like Alan Waterman, uh, averaging 68.5. Um, looks to looks to hold down a good spot at Essendon for a little bit, uh, which will be great for super coaches. He's in my side, and I'm looking forward to that price ride. 
Yeah, projected to rise 67K this week. Huge. Projected to jump straight up to 209K in two weeks. And then uh, they've got him about round 10, getting to about 320 grand with Supercoach Gold. So if he can keep performing, we think his job security is good. I think yep. he's worth the trade. Even from a, a like a Harry Sharp, um, who's didn't play on the weekend, down to an Alec Waterman, Yes, a trade is probably worth a hundred grand. Let's say it's worth a hundred grand. You only gain seventeen grand from that trade. But by the time Waterman has finished appreciating cash at, at the current rate, assuming everything goes well, I think you're going to more than pay for that. Plus, having playing rookies is better than not having playing rookies. Exactly. In defence on the bubble, we've got Luke Parks. Who, look, he's. I hoping. I'm hoping that he has secured a position in that in that Carlton side. I think we're better with him in it. And I think it frees up Sam Doherty a bit to uh, to perform well, as we discussed earlier. Mm. 51 against Fremantle looked very nice. Gold Coast, just the three disposals, presented a lot of pressure and stuff. I don't think he's a super coach option, but if he hadn't used any trades yet and you wanted a 102K player and who's probably going to become a loop fairly soon, yep. Luke Parks, maybe someone to look at. Couldn't agree more. Heath Chapman still is pretty cheap, 207K, scores of 42, 86, and 91, break even of negative 56, and that 42 is falling out as well. So he's actually going to have a, a really low break even for, for quite some time. At 207K, is it too late to jump on, or is this a guy we can we can maybe turn like a Jordan Clark into and make 90K and then watch him surge in price as the season progresses? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, um, yeah, yeah. Um, hit the nail on the head there again. I think that's definitely an option uh, for people if they've, you know, held young for whatever reason or if there's a mid-pricer that hasn't worked out. Heath Chapman's definitely uh, the pick uh, in defence at 207,000, averaging 73. I really like his role. Look, really like what he's uh, doing for Frio. Might even consider him myself as a bit of a premium rookie, uh, have him on field and just lock away those points. Um, the other player that I really like, um, I know he's only played the one game, but Lockie Jones, I'm really excited. I almost had him in before the start of the season, but didn't get that debut. He's got it now, and geez, he looks like a good excitement machine. I'll be watching him with very close interest this round and probably bring him in the next. Well, that's that's a great point. If you if you want to miss a Chapman at his elevated price, if you didn't jump on him already... Lockie Jones is just around the corner. It sounds like Port Adelaide are pretty content with him and we're hopeful that he holds his place. Yeah. I think it's actually very interesting if you look at Chapman and Waterman. They're both projected to make 100K over the next two weeks, but one's just 100K cheaper and the other is going to score reasonably well, it seems, on your field. So it, it really depends what you're after. If you can afford to wait for Jones, I don't mind that as an option either. Jordan Clark to to Jones next week is going to be a very popular trade. I think it's going to make you what about 160 grand, something like that. So you'll be watching yeah. that very closely. Definitely will be one of the most popular trades. I mean, believe it or not, he's already in 19 percent of teams. Lockie Jones, and I imagine that'll easily double if he uh, puts up another big score this week against Carlton. Agreed. Two more players that are on the bubble. One's a rookie, one's not. We'll go with the guy who's not a rookie. Just putting this out there into the ether, given how well uh, mid-prices have gone this year. Jake Stringer. Jake Stringer, 280K, 124 and 86, with a break-even of minus 45. Hey, 
I don't see a difference between him and Taylor Walker. Well, I see lots of differences. <laughs> come on, like come on, Lex. I'll let that one slide. I'm just putting it out there. We don't need to comment on that. <laughs> oh no, not not for me. Um, he's yeah, he's an excitement machine. Um, we we love to see what he puts up on the field, but as a super coach option, not for me. And finally, Devin Robertson is on the bubble for the Brisbane Lions. Scores of 83 and 35, 176K. Brisbane, break even of negative 15. I held him all year last year waiting for him to play his second game. He's finally played his second game, well, his second game for 2021. Is he someone that coaches need to consider? Look, I I think so. I mean, we we saw him put out a a healthy score um, in round three. Didn't do, didn't really back it up for round four. But given that he is a mid forward, I mean that's very enticing just to have that uh, dual position player available further down the line. One hundred and seventy six thousand though, for, it's probably maybe a tad too much. If he was a hundred and thirteen, I think a lot of super coaches would be all over him. At one hundred and seventy six, you're paying a little bit more. Are you going to get that value? Probably remains to be seen, but if you are desperate to get somebody into your side, um, if you're chasing donuts, Devin Robertson would be a person I'd definitely look at. I've actually missed two rookies that are on the bubble, so excuse me, everyone who's playing at home. We can just touch on them very quickly. Archie Perkins, 170K yep. mid-forward, uh, averaging 43, scored 50 on the weekend. And Will Phillips scored 46 on the weekend at 198k. Are either of these guys worthy considerations on the bubble? Uh, yeah. Look, I mean, Will Phillips is an interesting one. I, I, I like what he's probably going to do, not this year, but further down the track into his career. He's going to be a great talent for North, going to be an absolute gun midfielder. Probably still too raw, probably not worth it yet, especially because you're going to be paying 200000 if you wanted to get someone in around that price, Heath Chapman um, is a better pick than Will Phillips. But if you again, if you if you're desperate and you're looking for somebody that you know is going to score week in week out, Will Phillips is an option. North's got so many injuries at the moment that he'll be in the side for some time uh, yet. So there is some good job security there. Archie Perkins, I, I like as well. Again, DPP mid forward, hundred and seventy thousand. You're paying a little bit more, probably not averaging what you would like, especially for that price. But the uh, the the mid the fact that he is a mid forward is a little bit more attractive. Yeah, I actually like him slightly more than Devin Robinson, and I can't explain yep. why. So they're exactly the same situation. <laughs> I just think Perkins is more likely to play and have an impact in that Essendon lineup than Robinson is in the Brisbane lineup. Yep, I that's think. A big call. We've covered everything bloody Supercoach related for the round. I think we've we've provided some great insights to the community. And uh, I want to thank you for joining me, As It's been a bloody pleasure, mate. Oh, no. Thank you again for having me, mate. It's, it, it has been an absolute bloody pleasure. As a where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at, at AzaJewel um, and maybe in the, the future on Twitch. I might experiment with that further down the track, so keep your eyes peeled. That excites me very much. Thank you once again to Telebeats. Thank you, community, and make sure to get your questions in for the Jock Mailbag. Get them in before Wednesday, 
when that thing goes live. We'll chat to you next time. Trust me. What? I cannot jump the distance and have to trust me. Don't tell the elf. Not a word.